Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Lava Pool. It is our first episode of 2017. Sorry for the delay, but it, it's been it's been busy, as always. But we're back, and this week's intro topic comes from Temple VGC. We are returning to a an old standby, and this time it's for the Tapus. Which sandwich would the Tapus eat? <laughs> um, first person I'm going to ask that question to is, of course, Toler Webb. <laughs> The, the the mainstay of the show. Um, yes. The the hard question is which tapu. Like, are we saying every tapu would be eating a sandwich in this case? And if that's um, the case, let let's each pick one, and you can okay. go first. That way, we won't fight about it. Mm. Um, I appreciate you giving me this wonderful opportunity. Uh, I'd like to thank the academy. Um, I think I'll go with tapu Finny. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, that's cool. Um, I think Tapufini would eat a vegan sandwich with only organic, uh, ingredients. She'd probably do it on a lettuce wrap. So I'm thinking lettuce wrap, uh, spinach, kale, uh, a few thin slices of apple, maybe some sliced carrots, um, with no dressing because she wants to be as natural as possible. Okay. That's not where I would have gone with that, but... And it, it would probably be a little soggy, too. But, I mean, who doesn't uh, like a soggy sandwich? A nice tie-in. And that, of course, is the voice of the one and only Oliver Valenti. Hello, everyone. I, I, I promised I didn't talk just so I could get the second Tapu pick. In fact, I'm actually now going to make myself go last so that I don't seem selfish. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to you then. Okay, thank you. Um, re- rounding out our panel here, we have Gabby Snyder. Hey! Gabby, how's it going? It's going. Um, pick a tapu. What's it eating? <laughs> I'm going to pick tapu lele, oh. and I'm going to pick an ice cream sandwich with like lots of pink sprinkles Ooh. and sparkly things on it. That was creative. That was a creative choice. Yeah. Thank you. I try. I try. I would not have even thought about ice cream, to be honest with you. I just figure, you know, when Tapu Lele is out on the field, things tend to get a little bit weird. So why not, you know, redefine what is considered a sandwich? Right. And everybody with a brain freeze can't use priority moves. That too. I mean, <laughs> that almost makes sense. They're also in excruciating pain, but that's yeah. fine. It happens. All right. I'm I'm just going to keep it simple and say Tapu Bulu is a thing that likes meatball sandwiches yeah I, a long meatball Just sub makes sense for him since big, for him. meaty covered in cheese right mm-hmm. right i think I do you think he that. would do lettuce or would that be cannibalism i think it I, would be cannibalism i think he Probably. he has enough he yeah. has enough lettuce in his life there's more than one type of grass <laughs> that when he gets a sandwich he just wants meat and cheese cool yeah. so i guess i'm left with tapu coco who is in my opinion, possibly the strongest tapu. I don't know yet. I'm still thinking. <laughs> as far I, as eating sandwiches. I don't want to restart this whole thing, but I, I like tapu coco. I'm glad I got him. And I'm going to say he eats Celestia sandwiches because he eats Celestia for me. <laughs> <laughs> Life Orb Tapu Coco is ready to take some KOs. He's he's in there. He is indeed. I've been using Celestia lately, and I, I too have felt the fear. The fear that There's one feels. There's only a fear. The, the, the Mohawk guy. Yep, Mohawk guy is like, I Mohawk am getting rid of jamming. this steel thing. You just, you just lose. 
Yep, and even if you're running Assault Vest, then suddenly Tapu Koko has Wild Charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. all over it, it's Always. even stronger. Even oh, yeah. even oh, bigger. Oh, you can hit you with a Tapunium Fist. Oh like yeah, 75 percent. Nice <laughs> uh, man, I, I I feel like such a pancake getting hit by that move. It makes me so sad. It, the the animation is honestly terrifying. Wow. Do you feel like a pulverized <laughs> pancake? I you know what that move is pretty good against Snorlax, so I'm gonna say yes. I feel like a pulverized pancake. But then it's like it, a guav berry activates, then he recycles, and there's this whole thing. It feels like it should just be like one shotting two Pokemon at a time. That's that's mm-hmm. my opinion of Guardian. It, from the animation alone, it looks like it should like kill the trainer's whole family and like, <laughs> send them to therapy. It's like, no, the curse of the Tapus. It's like I don't know if I really want to do this, boss. Do it. Do it. <laughs> this seems I just immoral. Think tapunium is a really funny word. Tapunium. All the EMs are a little jank. EVM there's there's one that's like Arian. like Pikachu ashes museum. <laughs> Uh, or Pikachu-nium is great Pikachu-nium Shunium no there's Pikachu-nium it's not out yet but oh wow that that new knowledge the newest (laughs) not not really the newest speaking of things that aren't out yet has there been any update on Pokemon Bank I don't know man no quote unquote late January quote unquote (laughs) it's quote unquote the Pokemon company is not lying to you like, has Pokemon actually had an update that about was... it, or is it all just websites saying, hey, look at this thing that they posted in October saying January sometime? So that was a tweet from the Japanese Pokemon Twitter account that said that. I see. Okay. And it was retweeted by Serebii. Okay. And that's and how I saw it. Did they specify regions, because last time Pokebank came out, it was Japan only, and then months later, the rest of the world got it. I'm trying to find it right now, but there are a lot of tweets, apparently, about um, whatchamacallit, uh, that shuffle game, apparently. Oh, the Fire Emblem, um, the weave stuff, or no? Um... <laughs> Oliver, no need to be so vicious right I, now. I, 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 I'm trying to work on it, I promise. <laughs> It's like you're just making fun of your brother the whole time. Uh, that's the mode I slip into when I get on the lava pool. I don't know why I'm like this, but for whatever reason, being on this podcast activates the mean bully part of my personality. I can't help it. I'm just being honest, guys. All right, it just says it'll be out at the end of January 2017, and it's in Japanese. It says nothing about locale or anything like that. Great. All right. We, so we, I'm gonna guess March for U.S. I'm gonna say April. I'm a bit of a pessimist. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with April, but 2018. <laughs> oh, whoa! Oh, that's a little late. Oh, <laughs> no one would have seen it coming. We'll be relying <laughs> oh, on Japanese players to get our fake out salazzles and all that jazz. Will be great. Will they still be making the switch then? <laughs> that have burned out already. They'll point. still be making the switch forever. The battery sure. certainly won't last that long. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, is that too uh, soon? We we've been digressing for <laughs> no, a while no, now. We have been, I promise there's been a podcast right underneath all of this. Um, I think we should. Um, we anyway. might want to get into that most recent regional championship that happened. Actually, there's been like 
two regionals that since the last recording? Recent Pokemon Three? in the U.S. The, the one in the U.S. Um, it was immediately before Christmas. Okay, um, so there was Dallas regionals. There was yes. Athens regionals. Then there was Lights Dreamhack regionals. I'm just going to call it that because I can't Leipzig. say it right. Leipzig. Yes. Leipzig. That that thing that regionals, and then there was also the Melbourne challenge, which I think should oh, count yes. as a regionals, just because of how stacked it was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean showdown. for real, showdown doesn't it's, count. It was also it it had a pretty big payout too. It so. was a really cool tournament. I played in it. Uh, yeah. How'd you I, do? I went three and three, and it was a sad three and three. But I, I had some good sets. I'm not mad. It's all good. <laughs> I went one and three, and my one was a buy. That's tough. On top of it, it was terrible. Like I, I had just made the team the day before, and it was like half of the Ultra Beasts, and then I had Thunder Wave to stop a lot of problems the Ultra Beasts had. And then round one, my opponent had Tailwind, and I didn't take Thunder Wave for whatever reason. (laughs) Any of the games? Like I I know there were there was was more than one game. Speed control is a big problem for the Ultra Beasts. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Which bad. might, yeah, and as the meta gets better, speed control is just going to get more refined how we use it and things. Yeah, especially since it's so limited, this format. Yeah, uh, so people are still it. figuring out, you know, the good Trick Room setters, the good Tailwinders. No one's using Mimikyu yet. Like, there are some <laughs> Trick Room Mimikyu, but I have not seen nearly enough Trick Room Mimikyu. I still think it's the best Trick Room setter in the I format. I see them all the time, and they just get completely destroyed. Aww. Yeah, because they're not at a great speed stat for Trick Room. Yeah, I was actually my Thunder Wave user was Mimikyu. Oh, um, that seems a little bit better for it. That makes okay. much more sense. I still like Mimikyu. I think I don't. I don't think we get how to use him quite yet. He's a little weird, but Ghost Fairy with, and with the whole substitute thing. I just think, and he has like actually a really good move pool. So I don't know. He's kind of annoying. He's just kind of weird because he's a little hyper offensive. It seems like when he might be good at it, setting up Trick Room and then dying. But yes, that yeah. is his, that is his biggest talent. There's a yeah. handful of things that can do that too. Yeah, and I, Porygon two doesn't usually die doing that. Well, yeah, the only thing is that like the, you can make the, the argument that Porygon two then kind of kills your momentum if it sits there awkwardly. But now that people are figuring out how to use mixed Porygon two with download and stuff, it actually hits pretty hard. So yeah, there, it's 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 not bad at all. Yeah, I'm I'm interested by it. I still kind of like Slow King as a Trick Room Setter. Yeah. Uh, Slow King. Because it does have decent offense and then also has Regenerator. So, I mean... Regenerator is lit. Right. But we didn't see see Slow King on any of these regionals teams, now did we? We saw a lot of Porygon, too. Um, We saw a lot of bad stuff at the regionals team. I... Is that really true? I mean, like, you're mad about uh, Juwan. That is what you were upset about. That's what you're referring to. No, no, I... I'm absolutely fine with that. I I don't like his Gyarados set, but it worked for him. I, the point of Earthquake was Groundium. As a note, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the Gyarados I, I set we're that. referring to is Dragonance, Taunt, Waterfall, Earthquake with Jolly, Groundium, Z, and Intimidate. It was used on Juwan Kim's regionals team at Athens. Uh, he was the runner-up. That also had a Lilligant, a Tapu Lele, a Tapu Bulu, and a Torkoal, which makes the Gyarados odd damage-wise, and a Nihiligo. Yeah, that sounds so, really weird. For context. Yeah. So he he had sun and grassy terrain nerfing both of Gyarados's moves. <laughs> if it used, it, I don't think it ever yeah, used it earthquake, <laughs> right? Like yeah. without and the groundium. That is just funny to think about, though. 
Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's fair and I mean I use Feromosa with Focus Blast knowing that I'm never going to hit the Focus Blast button cuz I'm always going to be zing it. Oh, yeah. you hit it against me, Sam, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We, we I'm a little about salty that. about that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Every now oh, and then it happens. It's oh, like, I'm oh, if Hermosa's actually, no. still alive, I might as well hit that button. Yeah, so might as well. It also the, That team also had uh, Scarf Tapu Bulu with Woodhammer, Superpower, Rockslide, Nature's Madness. And I didn't. I, while I like that set, mm-hmm. I didn't think it would get beyond 6-3 at a regional, to be honest with you. Um, it's so weak to Celestia and Kartana. Yeah, except, except it was a sun team. Torkoal. So, I mean, that kind of yeah. scares away a lot of... It makes sense Celestials. in context. There's also the so HB Fire and the Lulligan. That's cool. This meta is really weird, because it seems like there's a lot of stuff that's good right now. There's like 20 or 30 Pokemon that I think would be like top tier. And that either means that we have like the most decentralized meta ever, which is so weird after like the era of Mega Evolutions, which is going to make things like you know really weird for people that have been playing only for the past few years. Or we just really don't understand this meta yet, which I think might be part of what's going on. Because I can't believe that like thirty Pokemon are all like top tier, you know. But yeah, we st- I, I think a, we just haven't identified what's really good yet. This is a difficult meta game, and the changes that they made going into Sun and Moon, like competitively with Thunderwave and things like that, um, really made the solutions that people would usually use for some of the problems that have shown up very much different than what they've been in the past. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. it's harder to find the solutions that you're looking for, and that sort of seems like it slows down meta progress, but it also means the meta shifts very quickly because people figure stuff out and it changes everything for all like a whole bunch of teams at once. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, with Paul Chua's team, he won Athens with it. Um, there are some mainstays, like we've seen Araquanid on a lot of teams. Um, yeah. We've Rock seen Tapu cool. Koko on a lot of teams, albeit he's a good set. Uh, Porygon 2 is a pretty standard sassy set. Uh, Muck with the Ayapapa Berry, standard since London. Uh, this one has Imprisoned, so that's a de- uh, development. And then the Defensive Arcanine, that's Calm. Um, pretty much all of these are sets that we've seen before, but they're being used together in a way that perhaps might be considered unexpected. Yeah, it's this almost like the young... same... It, it reminds me of 2012, what we knew where all the good Pokemon were, but I think, like, I, for example, at 2013 Nationals, I used, like, you know, the six best Pokemon in the metagame, and I got destroyed because I didn't really understand, like, why they were good. So I think yeah. only a few people really get, like, why these really popular Pokemon are really good. So I'll, I'll play a mirror and I'll get 4 out or something, and it's like, okay, wait, what's going on? This is supposed to be, like, the slow meta, you know? So, anyway. Yeah. I kind of feel like pretty much most Pokemon in this metagame are just okay, there's nothing that's, like, super good, like, just all-around great. And so it really comes down to how you build your team completely. Right. I agree. Right. In a I, holistic way. Because before you could just throw on, like, oh, these are, like, four of the best Pokemon and then two weird glue things. But everything like more of a plan. out here has some, like, real bad weaknesses that just stop it from doing any of that i agree like i think this is the first time in a long time there's a lot more emphasis on team composition in terms of uh competitive sort of viability than anything else because Mm. like i i agree that there are like 30 pokemon out there right now that could be considered like a tier or whatever the top ranking is but i I don't think there is an a tier Um, i I would would everything's like b b plus then all the b the b becomes the a and then celestial but then, like, 
relatively speaking, the top tier would s- still be the top tier. But it, that's neither here nor there. Like it's, I think it's, I, I don't think you can tier individual mons like that in this metagame. It, it's all team or no no team. I, I don't think that's true, Sam. Um, I've seen tier lists that pretty accurately reflect real evaluations of the metagame that are accurate. I, it's true that Synergy has a lot more to do with how good a Pokemon is, but I, I think if you take Synergy into account when making something like that, it can definitely work. I mean, there's stuff like we can pretty convincingly and clearly say that um, Celestial is probably better than Mimikyu in a general generalized right. circumstance. Yes. Um, and that's well. given that Celestial has the same level of support or appropriateness of support that the Mimikyu would have. Um, of course, like a tier list is never perfect, and it's important to be very careful with things like that because um, you'll be shoehorned into certain ways of thinking that prevent you from coming up with lovely... Um, I- I don't strategies. think tier add value to anything for, for Pokemon. Right, I don't think it helps you build teams, but I think it's part of, like, Pokemon theory stuff, trying to understand what is good and why. Because when you can see it's... that some things are good, air quotes, then you can understand why other things are good because of their relation to those things. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. But, but when you tier them in a list like that, it removes all context, and that's probably more harmful than helpful. Sure, but that doesn't mean it's wrong or impossible. Um, it's still valuable. Yeah, I, it's sort of like a meta snapshot thing. I, I disagree. Okay. That's well, so we're, we're almost talking about, like, uh, it's kind of weird because tier lists for, like, I mean, the only other game I really know that well is Melee. So, Melee, like, it tries to be, like, very objective and nobody has a problem with it, but I guess the that, difference is you're only picking one character, so it's almost like yeah. the Pokemon it's analogy would be tiering, tiering entire teams. Right. Yeah. And I think each Pokemon fits in a different category, too. And you have to consider them in the reference of their categories. You could probably tier Trick Room Setters, but it's hard to tier a Mimikyu against a Garchomp. Those are pretty obviously serving different roles. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That said, um, League of Legends does tier lists, like that sort of thing, and that is a five-character team, and it goes pretty well. It's with the understanding that things fit roles and that they tier inside of their own roles, and then the things that are within the highest tiers of their roles are the highest tiers in general. Right. But doesn't one player only play one thing at a time, though? Sure, but it's a team game. There's not a situation where you're just one-on-one. So team composition matters just as much. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, like in Pokemon, if we wanted to... I think we could have, like, you know, Trick Room Setter tier list or almost, like, Fairy-type tier list or something. It's like... I think people don't ask... 2016 kind of made this mindset where it's like, you almost don't need a plan. You can kind of just, like, bring these crazy powerful Pokemon and try to, like, I don't know. I think 2016 is weird in a lot of ways, but I think one thing we kind of forgot was you have to ask of your Pokemon, like, what are you doing? What is the purpose of you on this team? Right, and is there something that does this better than you? Right, Yeah. instead of just, like, like I think, like, a lot of people, like, I, I mean, I think this is, like, kind of something people say too much about 2016, but I'm going to say it anyway, that... A lot of people kind of got by without really understanding, like, why their team was good or anything. They just kind of got handed a Xerneas team and, like, G-Mancied or whatever. I don't really know if that's true, but I think there's some merit um, to it. The, the thing with 2016 I think that's important to interpret is that it worked as a plan-based metagame uh, instead yes. of an interaction-based metagame. Exactly. So the people that made the teams that had the best plans and strategies for action rather than necessarily the people that had the best ability to understand their opponent and their game state did better and then 
not surprisingly, the team that won Worlds was based on a really strong plan and the ability to shut the opponent out of the game. Yeah. so I, th- I think it's totally true. It, it was very important for understanding how uh, team synergy worked, but because of Big Six, it made it really easy to be lazy. Yeah, Big Six was extremely... I, as somebody who used pretty much Big Six for a lot of 2016, I was, I was a very lazy player. I still am a very lazy player. And I think 2016 was probably one of my better formats because it played to my strengths. So I, I think I think it's totally right. Well, I actually have a total count of Pokemon that have made Top Cut at regionals so far. Awesome. And, oh, that and would London. be interesting. And there are 59 different Pokemon that have already Top Cut. Wow. That's really amazing. And, and you That's know it's going to get different. a lot bigger still. Uh, um, Sil Valley is counted twice because one was normal and one was grass. Um, grass Sil Valley? Still. Man, but Type Null, that thing takes hits better than P2. Oh, I love <laughs> Type Null. If Type Null got Recover, I would freak out. I would be Type Null boy for days. It would just be Toxic Recover and you just wait. <laughs> you know I love that, though. You know me. I know you. I know you. Yeah. Um, that would be a funny set. That'd be super fun. 43 different Pokemon have top cut at least three times. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. I actually I, I almost don't believe you because that sounds so crazy. But I, I actually, I, I I do believe you, but I don't want to. I, I believe <laughs> you and I want to. Lapras is the only thing that only got twice. Lapras! Lapras might yes. secretly be really good. I don't know. There's so much we don't understand about this meta yet. It is so weird, so singular. Yeah. It is it is bizarre, and the top players are like trying to say they understand, but I yeah, don't it, think it is that's such true a all. fest right now. Like Dallas yeah. Regionals, I had like six normal Pokemon on the team, and I'm like, okay, this is a normal team. I should do like fine, but then I realized I could not beat Muck at all. You know what I mean? I think ah. it's like I think it's the only thing that would happen in 2017. I think like in 2016, if or, or even like 2013, if you had a normal team, you could like deal with whatever. But there's still all these weird <laughs> situations where some things kind of shut down other things. Like what do you, well, what do you think, Tor? Um, I mean, it was it was true even in 2015 that you had to sacrifice certain matchups. You know, that's, yeah, that's something that we say a lot as Pokemon players, is that, like, you pick a team and you kind of understand that it will be strong in some situations and really awful in others, and then the team that sacrificed the least number of matchups, which was Chalk, uh, did the best. <laughs> and that was in a centralized metagame. I mean, it, it literally, it had, sub, it, like, slightly subpar matchups against everything in the metagame, but didn't sacrifice any of them. Right, you could, uh, you, you could play anyway. Yeah. Exactly. That, so, I mean, that's the weird thing about 2017 is it's so decentralized, so it feels like there's like 20 matchups or something, you know? It feels like there's it, a lot more for you to auto-lose. It yeah. does feel yeah. like that, but if you look, like, I'm looking at the top 25 from the Melbourne Challenge right now, and I see trends. Like, I see a lot of Garchomp, Tapu Fini, Arcanine, maybe a Kartana. Yeah. Like, I, I would argue that it's not decentralized, but it looks like everybody's sort of following the same sort of notes i think when it comes to watching the metagame evolve if you look at all the top cuts like one by one you can see each one individually has a bunch of trends but Mm -hmm. two tournaments later like none of those are still there yeah and everything has just shifted yes no i I agree it's like it's like micro trends as opposed to like an overall trend or whatever Mm mm-hmm so, like, in I a think, couple weeks when Anaheim happens, there will probably be a whole nother new thing coming up. This metagame's just moving a mile a minute. I think Arcanine Fini Cartana is probably the most stable thing that's arisen out of the metagame so far. I, did that's you say uh, Firewater Grass, Arcanine Cartana, a- AFK, Fini? Yeah, because yeah, that's something I actually, I'm really curious to see how that does. I have, I have a, 
I guess I'll just jump in and say it. I feel like it's kind of I don't know how long it's gonna how well it's gonna do long term. I'm a little worried about the Cartana part of it because Cartana it's, like isn't really like a defensive Pokemon. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's not really a good Grass type to replace it. That's think, the thing is there are no good Grass types, which makes me so mad. I think it. that's why people have been running it with Nine Tails. It seems like Aurora Veil. Yeah. Just to boost yeah. up the defenses, give it an assault vest, and then just hope that you stick around long enough to boost enough to get the KOs you need. It also gives you kind of a fast mode, I think. It pairs well with Cartana. The yeah. the idea of a fast mode is so interesting to me, because like I've been trying to conceptualize it these past few weeks, after watching uh, Colin Hire the Battle Room. <laughs> plug, plug. Um, <laughs> after watching his video about Trick Room, and him talking about fast mode, and then like having people talk to me about their trick room team and how they wanted to incorporate a fast mode. And it's like the purpose of a fast mode, I don't think has ever been to play the game quickly, like play the game really, really fast as a trick room team. I think it's more so that you have options against things that happen to be faster than you, uh, that Mm -hmm. are best dealt with by you having fast things too. Like the idea of the top speed mimic on Gavin's hard TR team. Like it's not a fast mode per se, but it beats Tapu Lele. So you're saying uh, it's yeah. a level three thing instead of a level one thing. Right, yeah. Fast mode is not um, the basis of anything. It is a reaction to something. Uh, and it's part of how Trick Room beats other teams that rely on fast Pokemon. There were like mid-speed Pokemon to beat Trick Room, like bulky mid-speeds, uh, which are really common answers to Trick Room in the absence of actually getting taunt off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it seems more complex than just saying, ah, yes, Kartana is a fast mode per se. What, what, what can be said is that it's a very proactive mode and it, um, is, it very quickly gains momentum, whereas Arcanine and Tapu Fini have a tendency to stagnate the game state. Tapu Fini, like, I feel like he just, like, what Tapu, how people deal with Tapu Fini is they bring in their own Tapu Fini and it's just like, oh, <laughs> just muddy water each other, yeah. 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 I like the Swagger Tapu Fini because of that. I, I really like the Swagger Tapu Fini because it's like, I am actually a threat. Yeah, wow. Swagger really flips Tapu Fini's whole thing. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's, right, it's, it's you, have to fight, you have to kill me right now, dude. I am going to, like, you're, this muck's going to be a plus six. You're going to, like, <laughs> you have a big problem. <laughs> you are going to be loose. <laughs> you yeah, can't even much. burn it. Like, oh, yeah, that's no. uh, I I think it's a really cool adjustment. I wish Swagger wasn't you know eighty five percent accurate. That would really make it a lot more interesting. But yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's I think it's good to have around. You know, eighty five percent chance to get to get a free sword stance. I'm digging. Yeah, eighty five. Yeah, eighty five. I mean, I'm not saying eighty five is bad. It's just kind of it's it it. Uh, I think it supports your point you're making, where it's like it's not really the point of Finny, but it's something it can do to like force you to attack it more. So it's yes. like you know, even if that Swagger missed, imagine that I did hit right. Wow, that'd be a real problem. You got to kill me right now. Yeah, you've really gotta, you really gotta react. It's the, it's the thing that Cartana does that Tapu Fini's trying to do where they're, and that Specs Fini definitely does, where they make the strategy good defensively, but very proactive. So it, it yes. forces game states, and by forcing those game states generally in the user's favor, um, it forces the opponent to play reactively and not be able to execute their strategies. So it's harder to win. I think I think that's a trap I fall into as a player personally. Is that I try to be defensive, but I forget to also be proactive. And I think I think Lisa is totally right. That's definitely the strength of like Calm Mind Finny, Specs Finny, yeah, Swagger Finny. It's like all right, like I, I am going to sit here. I'm going to be hard to kill, but you have to kill me, you know, quick. Yeah, yeah, and that's what people had to realize before they would see that Finny was actually yeah that, good. That annoyed me so much when people said Finny was bad. Now it's like the most overrated Pokemon ever, or something. I don't know. Finny, Finny's definitely going on a he's had quite a journey this meta. I'll tell you that much. Man, we just jumped right into metagame stuff. Yeah, we really did. Well, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. 
um, it's exciting. This is this is the fun part of the meta in a way. The, I, it terrifies fun. me. I I want like something solid where nothing's ever going to change, you know. But I it, I think it's fun as a spectator. As you a just player. play this game for fun, Oliver. I know. Don't, don't tease me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't I, we all? I just want better Pokemon. <laughs> I just want like one I, thing that's but what if we got better Groudon? <laughs> yeah, bring Groudon. I'm down. I would, no, let's not bring, I would let's take not bring the primal Pokemon back, please. Oh, no. well, and then we can do not. Cloudon and Golduck stuff? Yes. In fact, give me Xerneas. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but Geomancy's plus, Seismitoad. What would but Geomancy's do? plus four in every stat. Seismitoad, yes. Geomancy, no. <laughs> it's how I feel about that. I don't know if Seismitoad Also, is good no more Mega Rayquaza. No more, um, oh my god, what was it special? Dragon Ascent? No more Dragon Ascent animations? Z-moves are bad enough. Thank you very much. Dog, Eevee, Eevee kills my vibe. Oh, yeah, you are, you are a commentator, Gabby. You, you have the, you <laughs> have the oh, feeling. No, the anim- I, I, mean, I never even thought about that. Commentating Eevee is challenging in more than one way. You get to talk... It's- no, it's actually not that bad, because if you talk about how cute Eevee is, everybody's like, yeah... I can't argue what a, with that. What Eevee a true is fact. Cute. I'm, I'm enjoying this Eevee. It's, but, but I don't think it's cute I, anymore. I think I feel for you in the same way that Oliver feels for you because, God, that team is so one-dimensional. It, it is. It, it, it is, really is pretty like... one-dimensional, but it, it's interesting <laughs> that people won't bring hard counters to it. Like, I think it's... Uh, Geo doesn't make a secret about when he goes to a tournament. Everybody knows Geo is going to run Eevee, but yet nobody has, like, an Eevee plan Except for I mean, maybe like, Nails in Dallas top... What was that when was, they played? Top 8? Top 8, I think. Yeah. yeah. If you have a Parish Song Marowak, which I completely forgot I had at Dallas... That's um, so funny. <laughs> I, I played Eevee and completely forgot I had Parish Song Marowak. <laughs> uh, you just waltz all over him. You know, if you remember that you have Parish Song. I love Parish Song. Because <laughs> they, they just go right for it, and then you Parish like, Song, cool. and they lose their Eevee. Or Roar or anything. I, just don't, I, don't know, I don't know what kind of person you have to be to play Eevee. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've never once in my life looked at Eevee and said, yes, this is where I want to go with my life. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. it's it's like... Um, it's a it's fun All game. or nothing. <laughs> it's like Wimsicott Terrakion way back in the day. Yeah, exa- it's exactly like Wimsicott Terrakion. I've never once looked at Wimsicott Terrakion it's... and said, dope, perfect. No, Wimsicott Terrakion had options, though. It, 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 it kind of has options. I don't know. I it feel has like... more defense. I think, uh, well, Wimsy got Terrakian, then it had, like, the Tailwind thing it could do. It's like you could protect yeah, Tailwind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this you team, do I don't things. know, man. I think once man, you, you come in Evo you boost, you're, you're vulnerable because you've, you've spent all, like, it's like you're putting all your resources into this one move. And if for whatever reason, I mean, 2016 taught us how to deal with stat boosts, you know? Red card, roar, parasong, you know, like, haze, all this stuff. So I feel like, you know, if any, any joker, like, you know, has some weird thing for your Eevee and your Eevee just, like, loses that, then, like, all your team resources went to nothing. And it's like, what are you really going to do with your game plan, you know? Well, and I don't think it's impossible that people start running haze either. Nobody's no, bringing that stuff yet, though. Like, as soon, I, I guarantee you, as soon as people lore. start bringing that to tournaments, like, we'll see the EV team change. But right now, it doesn't need to. It still does yeah. well enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it's not going to win a tournament anytime soon. As no, it will we, not. We I'll saw it in Dallas. It did if, not you, if you want to go close. top 32 in a tournament, EV is your team. EV you will is get top 32. It's like it's like if anybody here plays Ice Climbers or uh, plays Melee, it's, like, it's, it's Ice Climbers. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I, I, I understood that reference. Ice Climbers has a one-dimensional strategy where they just grab the opponent and then instantly kill them, sort of. 
Um, but wait, you have to grab like, the opponent. Is that where you back. like can chain grab or whatever, and they basically can't yeah. escape forever? That is, it is the best quote unquote train, chain grab in the game, but it's not a chain grab. It's just my point grab. is that both are really good against like kind of low level opponents or something, and really bad against high level opponents. It's kind of the idea of both. Yeah, and easy enough to counter. Yeah, easy. Um, it's like easy enough to counter, but you have to kind of be like, really, like you're really just gonna like do this one thing every time. All right, fine. Like, you know, I can Snarl Arcanine is pretty good against EV, for example. Um, yeah. Oh my God, it is. That's the you thing. Just you just intimidate know, them to start with, is. and you snarl them twice, and it's like, okay, Feeny's not a good choice. Crocodile's not a good choice. What do I do with my life? You know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And we also, I, I also see written on the show notes. Maybe we talk about Mandibuzz a little bit because I love Mandibuzz. Someone, someone, tell me more about Mandibuzz because I remember Nails ran it in Dallas, and right. it seemed it was okay. Like it seemed like it was basically a bulky tailwind setter that you just could never get rid, rid of ever. But yep. it seemed pretty limited offensively, and I feel like Tapu Koko should be stopping it better than it is. The it was foul play, right? Yeah, yes. yes. foul play, attacking. taunt, tail, and roost is the standard set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's okay. Um, Mandibuzz, I, I've always wanted to run Mandibuzz. It's always been like a, my, one of my favorite Pokemon. I've always wanted it to be good, and I feel like like uh, I always thought it'd be like a toxic stalling type thing, you know. But now it's I think I think having the bulky tailwind is nice because then it's like you get tailwind twice. But it's the, the bulky tailwind with dying. ground immunity. That's that's what really stands out is that it pairs so 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 well with Garchomp, yeah, outside of Ninetales, which is why we see Ninetales a lot now because Manabuzz Garchomp exists, um, and Garchomp in general exists. the The other thing, Gabby, is that initially uh, Manabuzz teams were run with uh, Togedemaru. Togedemaru. So, Togedemaru. Uh, okay. Uh, the the. The new rat. Lightning the, rod rat oh, with Zing Zap. The, the lightning I, rod, uh, whatchamacallit, hedgehog. Yeah. Indeedy. Sure. Indeed. Um, I've, I've got a question about the Mandibuzz a second. Like, it's got Misty Seed. Does that only activate if you're roosting in the terrain? No. It will activate regardless of whether or not you are grounded. Oh. It just fantastic. activates when you send it out on the field, I think. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought since it was a terrain dependent thing it might not work on a thing that doesn't actually touch the terrain i thought the same thing for a long time i That'd think be really funny i think i thought that too though there was some round in dallas where it activated and we had the team sheet so i knew it was holding it and then like mandibus took the field and it activated and i was like huh that's new that, but yeah that is how that works that Surprise. is that is how that works yeah can I, tell a, can I tell a story related to that? It's only scarcely related, but I think the average listener might not know about this. <laughs> okay. But okay. I feel like I feel like you guys actually know about it more than I do, but I feel like I know about it more than a random person, so I'm still going to tell it, and you guys can correct me if I get it wrong. Allegedly, Omari Travis, when he brought Keyberry Zapdos to Worlds in 2014, he thought that the Keyberry would activate in between Kangaskhan's hits of return, and not just, like, after the whole thing. So he thought he had, like, a really good, like, Kangaskhan counter, but it actually, like, wasn't as good as he thought it was, because I think Showdown treated it differently than uh, it did on cart. But in doing so, he inadvertently invented the whole Keyberry, uh, Meringaberry thing. You know, huh. that hmm. sounds like it was what happened, so I'm going to say that's okay, what happened. Well, if, if Amari's listening, I hope he will correct himself. I Amari is a genius, so... I love Amari Travis. Much love. I miss uh, him. I, I know he's off in the Pokémon world now, but I, I, just, I miss him. Wait, come is back. That, is that really how that works? Yeah, the key variable activate I know after citrus, both hits. Like citrus and stuff like that activate in between hits. 
I mean, like I said, you know, I I spent and two minutes apologizing for the fact that I might have gotten this wrong. So I might have gotten this wrong, but to my knowledge, okay. that is. I I don't actually know. I'm yeah. I'm just. No, it seems very counterintuitive. In fact, you saying that has made me fearful for the fact that in fact I did just lie. So. <laughs> and like wizard <laughs> fairies activate ahead of the hits, but Maybe they only count speculative. for the first hit. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway. Um. But wait, wait, someone mentioned the, uh, Gabby, you mentioned the Win a Trip tournament yesterday. Yes. Um, and Arcanine Fini Cartana teams. Yes. And I watched a little bit of it myself. Um, what, what are your observations on it? Because I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think. Especially... So, I'll admit, I only watched maybe, like, four or five rounds of Swiss, and then I had to go off and do other things related to being an adult. Um, mostly, like, laundry. Um, but mm. from what yes. I saw... Uh, I saw the end of Cybertron versus Pepin, which I think was like round five Swiss, and then a, maybe a couple rounds after that. It it looked like people were playing a lot of the same sort of mirror matches, and then it all came down to like what the last Pokemon was. But then when I look at just the top sort of the top cut, essentially, I just I don't know. It just everything looks so similar except for a couple standouts like uh, Black O VGC. Black O. Is is that Black Zero? Because it looks like it's Black O. It's Black O. It's Black O. Yeah. Like Black O. You had Deucedex with the double ducks. Like Deucedex. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know what to think right now. Like I. I was gonna go back and watch more of the replays to get ready for Anaheim. But it seems like to me we're sort of in a again a micro centralized metagame, and then someone's going to crack how to beat these teams, go to Anaheim, destroy it, and then by the time Collinsville comes around, like there'll be a whole new metagame to deal with. Just my opinion, though. Yeah, and Oliver, you played in that, so I did play in that. Yeah, how was it? How was the actually brief interlude? How was the organization? How was how well was it run? I have nothing but positive things to say about the tournament. I think it was super awesome. Uh, I I'm like super excited by the prospect of it becoming more of a thing. It seems like there's a lot of imitators out there now. I think Zelda did a bang up job. I think people that are trying they're going to try to do it that aren't him or her. I think it's actually him. I, it, is, it is him. It is so, him. Okay. Yeah. I think people that besides him that are going to try to do it aren't going to do as well as him because he actually did a lot of little things to make it right. He would like Twitter DM people reminding them to register their teams. He actually tagged me in a tweet because I didn't check in. Like, and it was like the last 10 minutes of check-in. Uh, it's like he's, I don't know, it was, I, it was really perfectly well run. I have nothing but good things to say about the tournament. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of worried about people trying to run invitation tournaments while we're just talking about the organization. Like, um, I know, was Battlefy used to basically collect, like, registration fees and distribute, like, the prizes and whatnot? Like, I'm worried... Yes, uh, it was collection yes i don't know about i don't know how i don't know how aaron is gonna get the money but yeah yeah, just the money thing is worrisome yeah exactly like i am all for people having like weekly tournaments like this i mean we had the magma weeklies way back in the day but i just hope that people are careful about who they give their money to because i know (laughs) like zelda's an awesome guy he's not gonna walk away with like 1500 dollars or whatever but you I mean, he, and he's reputable. He has he has a name. So I, I mean, he does well at Australian tournaments, right? He does really well. He's like yeah, one of the best players. Yeah, definitely. So. But like, I'm worried that you'll have some people just kind of pop into the community and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm running this awesome tournament." You know, like pay five dollars, win like ninety percent of the pot, and then like get I don't know some other prizes with it, and then 
someone will win and then that person will just disappear into the void forever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just, they'll, just they'll something to be cautious about. That, that reminds me of the whole yeah. sponsorship thing that we had for a little while. So, seriously, guys, yeah. I mean, like, like if bad it's too people good on to the be internet. True, it probably is too good to be true. Yeah. Just, like, show it to somebody else before you sign your name. Anyway, I'm not, we don't talk about the whole thing. But, yeah. <laughs> that is, that yeah, is a be, bigger be thing. Be careful what tournaments you're entering. Like, For sure. make sure you know, actually, who's running it. Yeah. Absolutely. The goal is not to turn the Pokemon community into a big gullible... <laughs> big walking gullible wallet. Yeah. But, like, I am all for more grassroots tournaments. I think they're great. I think that... It gives a lot of people an opportunity to practice best of three at a level that you literally can't practice anywhere else right now. Um, and for people who can't get access to like PCs or whatever, maybe they just live in a remote area or maybe they're like me and they're just too lazy to drive places. Like it gives more opportunities for them to sort of showcase their skills. So I'm all for it. Just, I want to make an, another point about grassroots tournaments, which is that, I mean, I, I, I sort of made, I made a Nugget Bridge thread a while ago about this, which is now deleted, I guess. But, I mean, part of the reason that the official tournament circuit is so, like, kind of messed up is that there's not really a reasonable competition. There's not any other tournaments that people are really invested in and that they care about. So, as a community, we have the power to decide which tournaments matter for us. So, if, if there's a big online or even in-person tournament that's not a quote-unquote official tournament, if all the good players go and decide to give their A-game and there's prizes, that can be, you know, a reasonable alternative, and that can put pressure on the official tournament circuit to improve. So, I really think that Grassroots, yeah, has been kind of a long time coming, and I'm happy that it's doing well, or at least did well this one time. Definitely. Yeah. There's other stuff like the official Smog on VUC tournament, which seems to be going fairly well. Yeah. Um, Are any in, of in you guys playing in it? I lost an activity. <laughs> I lost round one to someone who was Japanese, and there was a crit, and I'm really salty about it or something. Um, or something. Now I'm trying really hard to get my opponent to play me. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't seem to find him on those scheduled times that I can't Hey, that's what you want, man. Give me the activity. <laughs> He's like, he's still just active enough for me to keep trying. Oh, that's <laughs> like, the worst. When they just evade you, uh, barely. But you know it might go to a coin flip, so you gotta dig him up. Yeah, you're doing your best. My round one opponent hadn't been on for like three weeks, and then the day, like, it was due, like, he logged in. But he didn't reply, so I still got that activity. Nice. And mm. then round two, I just ran all beasts again. <laughs> Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> it worked. It was very scary, nice. but it worked. It's. I I did some practice battles with it last night. I'm I'm slowly warming up to the all ultra beast team. It was scary, man. Momentum. Oh wait, can, can me can I resolve some personal things on the show right now? I want everybody <laughs> to know. We are your therapists. I want everybody to know that I had Icy Wind on my Ninetales, and I could have Icy Winded Sam's Fairmosa, but I thought Blizzard would KO, and Blizzard did nothing no. with Fairmosa. Bl- it Blizzard bounced off it. <laughs> it, it. It did like 50%. I was like, what is going on here? So, so we all know that now, okay? That's just knowledge that the whole community has. And I'm, oh I'm just my happy god, Oliver. <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm, turn I'm glad one, I shared. Turn one game one against Oliver. I sludge bound his Lele, and it lived with one HP. And I thought there was a Focus Sash activation, <laughs> right. so I'm like, huh, I wonder what his Ninetales has. And so the next game, I'm like, well, I got this like easy KO on Ninetales turn one, and then he had the Focus Sash. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, do you have two Focus Sashes? And all of like, yes, I am a big cheater. <laughs> I was more than happy to perpetuate the stereotype that I had Focus Sash Lele. 
Skywalker with Ninetales, which would have been amazing. That would have been that's incredible. Why would you do that with Ninetales? Uh, like, well, uh, Sam had a very low opinion of you, Oliver. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I understand. For a short period of time, he was pretty certain that you were just not there. A schmuck. <laughs> A schmuck. And I was, you know, and I was the, proven the a schmuck for, by my results at that tournament. So the word maybe. for jewelry in German is indeed schmuck. Der schmuck. Really? It's also so, yeah. I, it was it, one of my vocab words last last vocab quiz. Huh. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm learning all these fun Yiddish words. It's it's a real treat to bust them out. That's that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the Ultra Beasts are the best. Um, Arcanine Feeding Cartana is funny. Grassroots tournaments are cool. Mandibuzz is better than all the other Pokemon in the metagame. Any other new revelation? One of those um, things escalated very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Guzzlord's pretty good against Arcanine, Finny, Cartana. Not gonna lie. Okay, okay. well, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave that comment alone, Sam. I think Moonblast is pretty good against Guzzlord, so... Um, I, I lived a Specs Dazzling Gleam from Inash. Oh, a Dazzling Gleam. Um, I had already did? taken ship damage. Right. Are you a Roselli Barry or is Guzzlord like it was insane? Specs. Guzzlord's insane. Guzzlord is I told Guzzlord has a lot of HP. The number one thing that people asked me after I lost to you is they said, what did Guzzlord do? And I said, the only time I saw Guzzlord, I attacked it and it died. That, that, was, <laughs> that was my story of Guzzlord. So maybe Guzzlord's secretly a legend. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you. I know more than you do, Sam. You beat me, so. Yeah, I, I don't actually remember what I took against you. I only have what you have written down. I don't think I wrote down that much. I do that all the time. It was a long time ago. Yeah, when I take notes, I just write, like, what my opponent sent out and what moves they used every turn, so I can... I I don't usually take notes, but I was kind of trying it out, and I think it it does kind of distract me, so I don't really know. And and hail turns and tailwind turns. And focus ashes, where the focus ashes So wait, guys, guys, guys. We've got some questions here. Um, Oh, I love these questions. We don't need to ramble. So... Let me I got ask some rambles you, prepared. On behalf of uh, at OhiTony on Twitter, is Celestia kind of not that good, or at least not living up to all the hype? Can I talk about this? I have a very definitive opinion about Celestia. I don't know if it'll so be definitive, I. but it will be strong, I am sure. Okay, you're right. So I misused that word. You got me to learn, as always. <laughs> but so Celestia, here's the thing about Celestia. People are trying to play it kind of like Mega Venusaur, or they were at the beginning, where it's like all it can do is like play this like bulky defense game, which it's still really, really good at. But Celestia is actually so good that it also has this incredible offensive game that people are kind of not using. And the thing is, it can do both at the same time. Like, so I think mm-hmm. in a very mature meta, Celesteel is going to be amazing because it can do the Leech Seed thing, but it can also just whack stuff with Heavy Slam. <laughs> so we're going to kind of need to figure out, like, the offense, like, Leech Seed balance. Like, maybe you want Beast Boost boosting your attack, but you still have a Leech Seed set and stuff like that. So I actually think Celesteel is one of the most underrated Pokemon right now. I think people are going to figure it out, and when they do, Celesteel is going to run this show. Yeah, um, I, I noticed Inoshi using it in the Win and Trip tournament the other day and kind of chuckled a little bit because so many people have backed off of it because of Arcanine and Tapu Koko, but I, I don't think it's justified just yet. Not not just yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I had my, Arcanine and Tapu Koko, and I still was terrified of Celestia. Yeah. My round six at uh, Dallas against Luis Milch, he was running uh, Yellow Box's team at that point, not the Tentacruel that he had before. But it came down to game two. He had full health Garchomp that I had just leech seeded, and he sent in Arcanine also at full health. And all I had left was Celestilo. And you won. 
I won. Yeah. That's because Arcanine does not beat Celesteela. That is part of my gripe no. with Arcanine. Arcanine is bad against that is That is propaganda. Yeah, super <laughs> yeah. propaganda. You've been misled by the type chart and by the corrupt liberal media if you think that Arcanine beats Celesteela. <laughs> the media is just trying to report what it sees, Oliver. No need I'm, to, I'm, no need I'm to literally bring kidding. This. I, I swear to God, I'm kidding. <laughs> Arcanine is... Arcanine is uh, is a liberal Pokemon, apparently. That is what we yes, learned. Yes, we have learned that. Yeah. So, to answer your question at Oh Hi Tony, in my very humble opinion, Celesteela is kind of that good, and it might not be living up to the hype right now, but current results do not speak to future prospects. That's like the number one lesson yeah. I always want to It learns Flamethrower, it beats Kartana, it fights Feeny pretty well, it does lots of I, great things. But it's a breakfast right. cereal. It's, right, I, it's a I want to say flamethrower is actually probably not one of its best moves. Probably not. But we have not, so but many it, months it to has, figure out which of its amazing it moves are the best. Yes, yeah, seed bomb has, stuff. Has a, it has a walloping wall of powerful attacks. But yeah. like flamethrower is just for other Celestilas and Kartana. Yep, and that's about it. It's a little limited, so maybe we I, can do better. I don't think you want to use Celestila as a Celestila counter. You are wrong, objectively. <laughs> I like having it know a SmackDown and set it next to a Garchomp, and then it's a pretty good Celestial counter. I never even thought about SmackDown, but you're right. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So yep. Celestial's got a long road ahead of them, I think. So Celestial has only started its first step on yeah, the it, journey it, of And 10, its first 000. baby steps were so strong that we thought that, that was all it could do, but Celestial has way more steps. Yeah, it, it, is, it is still in the pressure cooker. Devlin cooking for sure, and when it emerges as a fully mature Pokemon, you will tremble before itself. But are there, as Temple VGC asks, uh, any Pokemon or strategies that are underrated in the meta as of now? Besides I mean, Celesteela. Besides yeah. Celesteela, and then uh, he's also wondering what Pokemon or strategies we feel will make a big appearance in Melbourne, and then we can move on to the next one after yeah. those two. Let me break that up. I don't, I don't know what's going to be the next big thing in the metagame. All I know is no. that like. Whatever it is, people are probably going to copy it a lot. So I would keep an eye on Athens and uh, Collinsville regionals, and whatever top cuts there, you will most likely see elsewhere. Probably Melbourne. The idea of actually not going to Collinsville bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you told me he is going, but you're right, that is funny. I actually made a list right here of underrated Pokemon, according to me. So if, if the panel will hear it, I have once again ready to Absolutely. give an unsubstantiated opinion list as I want to do. Sick. All right. Well, if, if we're if we're all in agreement, so Celestia I've already talked about. I have four other ones. So I'm going to limit myself and only talk a little bit about each of them. My first one is Mistrevis. I think Mistrevis is really cool. I think Will-O-Wisp is great. I love Parasong, and I love that it has Levitate in this meta where nothing has Levitate. So it can actually kind of fight Snorlax and fight Garchomp. So I think right now it's an interesting pick. I don't think it's ever going to be a top ten Pokemon. But I like it as kind of a weird, cool thing you can do right now. That's all I'm going to say about okay. this. Moving on. Drampa. I think Drampa is really awesome. I love dragon types right now. I love Berserk. Berserk does not work correctly on Showdown with Citrus Berry, by the way, if you want to use it. But I think on Cart, it would be really interesting with Citrus Berry. And Hyper Voice is amazing. You can even use and normal gem on it. I'm sorry? And Cloud9. And Sapsipper. Yeah. Drampa is just cool. And it hits like a truck. And it's just kind of this like uh, offensive... It's pure offensive win condition. It's not subtle, but it is interesting, and I think more people should respect it. Uh, my third one, I don't know how to pronounce, is Como-O. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I think he's kind of cool. I think fighting types are cool. Being quad weak to fairy is like his big, big problem. But if you can work around that or somehow learn to deal with it, I think Komoo could do a lot of cool stuff. Clanging scales is really cool. A dragon spread move is really interesting. My last um, one... Well, it's fighting move pool, though. It was kind of... That's the issue with it, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's it's fighting moves are bad. So I don't know if it's ever really going to get that. I, I just want people to give it a little more attention. I think it could be like a B-tier Pokemon. And finally, Politoed rounds out my list. I think Politoed is a really good Pokemon fundamentally. I do not like Pelepper. I think Pelepper is going to dip near the middle or end of the season. I think Politoed, our king, is going to show up because he's bulky. He's got <laughs> Parasong. He has Encore. You have a Citrus Berry and not die to a strong breeze. He's just, he's the package deal it, it, for Rain Setters. So. I mean, I, I will now shut up for 30 minutes and let everybody else talk. I, I agree that Politoed on paper seems like the better rain setter, but I feel like a lot of Politoed's potential has kind of been lost. Um, I think Politoed plus helping hand was one of the things that made it really strong mm. because it could make up for the fact that offensively it can't really do anything. And Man, even though Scald is so good. I, well, I'm with Scald. I think Politoed's an offensive threat. Scald is good. No, don't get me wrong. Scald is good. Politoed but... is probably my favorite competitive Pokemon in recent times. It's mine too, but I just don't think it's going to do well in this meta game. <laughs> I, I I couldn't disagree more. I think Politoed's the king of 2020. I, I, I can agree with that, uh, Gabby. I just, I, I'm curious to see if it does any better, but I'm not going to jump on the Rain Steel bandwagon quite yet. Yeah. Oh, dude, I never even thought about Cell Steel Politoed. Not yeah, even so, like, it, Rain Steel did well at London, Oliver. You're way behind the train. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, I think you saw my tweet about how I felt about the London team. So oh, my, my apologies. Uh, right. I know, um, is interesting. I think Mistrevis is, like, kind of weird, so I don't know. I think Podzo's the only one I feel super strongly about. The if other I ones are kind of things I want to talk about. Buzzwool topped a ladder recently. Buzzwool's so. cool, too. Uh, Snorlax is getting attention now, but I think it definitely yeah. deserves that attention. Definitely. Yep, he is scary. Yeah, he's like Muck, but normal type, so you can't just take down a great gem. And, and with Recycle. I kind of like the trend of people deciding to bring Snorlax on teams that otherwise don't have an answer for Trick Room, because it works really well. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the best Trick Room counter. Your own slow Pokemon. It's the, Amoong- yeah. it's the Amoongus of 2017. Yeah, yeah it just Offensive doesn't have four, which is maybe. great. Right, I know. But it's, it's kind of like you just kind of slap it on a team and be like, what's good, Trick Room? Hey, what's good? And it's bulky enough hey. that even if you do get caught outside of Trick Room, it's not like an immediate game over. Like, Yeah, it's not the end of the world for him. If you manage your uh, opponent's teams well, and like, really the only thing that Snorlax has to worry about probably are fighting type Pokemon, like, you pair them with some kind of Tapu, doesn't matter which Tapu, literally any Tapu, and you're probably going to exactly. be okay. Mm-hmm. So we probably also feel that some of those things... I think the things that will show up in Melbourne, Snorlax is one of them. Yeah. Um, Snorlax is definitely one of them. Um, I would expect Feeny. I'd expect Arcanine. I'd expect maybe Kartana. Um, expect Garchomp. Uh, we'll probably see some Mandibuzz. We'll probably see some Ninetales. Well, we see... What about teams like Pepin's, where like he had the Ninetales and the uh, Sandslash combo? I didn't think that was viable. But you know what? Maybe he's changing Maybe. my mind. Sandslash is weird. I took a long look at Sandslash when I wanted to use Hail for Dallas, and I I came to the conclusion yeah. that Sandslash was completely irredeemable, but sometimes, you know, I'm surprised. A- apparently they run Tectonic Rage uh, to KO the Arcanines. Oh, oh that's okay, awesome! Well, that's, all right, well, that's one way. Um, Ice Ground is great. 
Yeah. Forever and always. Could you get, like, Stone Edge on there and then Continental Crush? Because I feel like that would be better coverage. the same power. Um, I I know, but... And Earthquake hits more. I don't know. Yeah, but people can switch in things that are immune to Earthquake. I have not checked. Nothing's immune to rocks. I I think Tolera's main bias is coming out. Or uh, Mammoth Wine bias. Yeah, Mammoth Wine biases. Uh, Mammoth Wine is my other favorite competitive Pokemon for people that don't know. You may be confused as to why the heck I would say that, but uh, it was... The reason that I got to go to 2012 Worlds, so I love I love Amoswine. It it was on two top four teams at Seniors Nationals in 2012 because it's the best yeah Pokemon Amazon's ever. So cool. Amoswine's <laughs> pretty good. It's one of those Pokemon that I respect but could never use. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not an Oliver Pokemon. No, it's, it's not. Very much a taller Pokemon. It's like how do you switch it in? How do you switch it out? Like you know, you just attack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just take like one or two hits, and you're like, yeah, you have a sash. Yeah, it's like, cool. If you don't have a super effective move, which I mean, like ninety percent of the entire Pokemon you cast do. does, you always do. <laughs> but Icicle Spear is a great move. Ice Shard's a great move. Earthquake's a great move. Always mm-hmm. lovely. I wish we had it this meta. Banger. It'd be great. Oh, ma- shouts to Mamoswine. If you're watching Mamoswine, we miss you. We want you. Back. <laughs> come back. Please, baby. We love if you're you. out there, Mamoswine, come back. So uh, Mamoswine is a pretty big Pokemon, so it'll make a big appearance. <laughs> Right. Um, if he does do that, he's going to have the whole convention center. And then um, the last question that Temple had, uh, what's your opinion on paid content Content like with Amalgame? Amalgame. I think it's awesome. I'm into it. I think it's something that the community needs because as someone who's yes. been trying to run some sort of Pokemon fan site off and on for too much of my life at this point, um, <laughs> it's not sustainable to do part-time if you want to produce high-quality, good content. Like, I love Team Magma, but as some of you may have noticed, our domain has been broken for a week, and I'm finally going to have a chance to look at it tonight, just because I've been too busy with real life. But if that were my real life, then I would have looked at it a lot sooner. So, like, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are going to be like, well why can't you just put ads on the site? And then it's like, well, everybody and their mom has ad blocker now. Um, I, I think it's a great way to support the creators of content. And I think it's a necessary uh, thing for the community to have um, to sort of move forward with Pokemon as right. a quote unquote esport. Yeah. I mean the, the whole economic principle of having a sponsor, people like want sponsors or something, but it's like, okay, if you want sponsors, then these companies that are going to pay our players money need to make their own money somehow. So wh- what do Pokemon players spend money on? And the answer is nothing. They don't spend money. So I think right. this every couple of years we buy a new game. Every, every few years we buy a new game because we have to, right? Headset? And then, yeah, headset? Headsets, sure, but every game has headsets. It's like, other games have, like, these chairs that are, like, $300 or, like, this controller thing. Like, you can buy, I don't know. Like, Pokemon never had any, like, hardware stuff that, like, you could really get into. Like, Which like was the Starcraft... whole thing that's attractive about it. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Which is why we play Pokemon. That's why we like it. So I think what instead we're doing is we're selling knowledge, which is perfect because these other games, it's, like, not, like, you can't really keep knowledge a secret as much. We so are such an really... academic game. It's really funny. <laughs> exactly. So I, I want yeah. these top players. I want Marcus Wolf and stuff to totally like make me, make me buy their stuff. You know, like I think it's perfect. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, let them and be jerks. And honestly, it's no different than like. I mean, you have people who are on Twitch now who are partnered and they're shiny hunting for a living. Like I, I see really? this. Yeah. 
Really? No, yeah, that's a clogged. real thing. Don't tell me that. Yeah. No, I'm just it, it's serious. maybe a de- one of the most depressing facts that. <laughs> no, no, I love oh. love shiny hunters. Uh, I'm just a competitive player. I, I love them too, but like it just goes to show you, there is a market out there for people to pay for Pokemon related content. Um, in our yeah. case, he'll, he'll it just Pokemon. happens to be like EV spreads and you know pro strats kind of stuff. And like right. interpretation, knowledge, learning, and there, eventually, there's still a bunch of sites emotes. out there that actually sell Pokemon. By the way, now but is the perfect time like to make illegal. the announcement. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I thought I thought I could make our announcement now that the lava pool is shifting to a members only system. <laughs> right, uh, we will be doing a two dollars per episode system. It shouldn't be too big of a strain on your wallet, but. <laughs> And you can send all that money to me directly on Facebook. My name's Oliver. Right. Um, I he will he will split it with me actually. Uh, We're going to talk about that later, Tola. I think that's changed. It's actually mostly going to me entirely. So it is ninety percent mine. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll sell that off there, but I think you'll be surprised by how I'm getting all that money. Is all I'll say about if that. only I could like actually run ads on here and not just put sugar crisp commercials after the end credits like I did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Woo, sugar crisp. Um, and then we we have two more questions, so it feels fair to answer those before we we wrap I up. I guess. Um, sure. Is Bulu gonna make a comeback? We talked about this. Nerd of Navi GC is asking now. Um, only Scarf. That is my opinion. Who's next? Ooh, I, I have an opinion. I think that the metagame is going to be circular, so I say give it maybe four months, and people will be running teams like we were back in, around London. So yes. <laughs> I I think people are gonna start settling into teams they feel comfortable with and stop chasing the meta at some point so i think like yes. bulky teams with grassy terrain are gonna come around but here's my problem I don't know with if a full I d- comeback is coming bulu is like he has this bulky ability but he's not really a bulky pokemon grass fairy is really weird defensively he's not yep and it, it's it's an offensive pokemon that helps a defensive team right so he's i i personally do not like bulu very much i think he's kind of a weird wannabe like bulky grass type type guy but i think uh i think offensive sets are where we're gonna see like a lot of mileage out of him like if somebody could figure out like like the bloom doom stuff like the choice band maybe or something like i mean that's to me is his strength and then he could get some health back with horn leech that's good but uh, i mean bulu's definitely gonna make a comeback i think to answer the question i think we don't understand anything about type of bulu right now he is so weird so i think once people start to understand inverse finny He's what? It's an inverse Finny. Exactly. Because Finny is the defensive Pokemon you put on an offensive team. Sure. Whereas Bulu is the other way around. Bulu is the offense that you put on the defensive yeah. team. That's I think Bulu is just really poorly. And I think there's a lot of players I have my eye on that I think would put in that effort to make Bulu work for them. Like, I think. Like, like, like in 2015, I think everybody kind of like. Because, like, it was like, okay, cool. These are the Pokemon that are good. You can kind of pick your own way, like, choose which way you're going to go. Some people worked on, like, Gardevoir, like Toler did, or Salamence, or whatever. So it's like, that was kind of what people did. I think that there's enough people that would, like, feel attracted to Bulu, like, around May or something, that they could really put some effort into Bulu and it's make it. Pretty him... hot Pokemon. Just keep it away from my daughter. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. <laughs> Uh, Listen here, bud. <laughs> that's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. That is definitely uh, a callback. That is that is a long wow wow. Um, and then uh, the last part of this question: um, How have you guys approached team building, and do you have any advice for those trying to team build and keep up? I'm going to interject to answer this question very quickly. Not nice. so much to answer, but to give a tip. The only golden rule of team building, the only like beast boost, the only real <laughs> golden rule of team building is that you should never use a strategy 
that is objectively worse than another version of the same strategy. So don't use Growlithe when you could be using Arcanine. That's all I have to say. As, that makes a lot of sense. As somebody who tends to take teams and then tweak them as opposed to search for divine inspiration, um, I would say find a team that you like on paper, and then if it works for you that way, great. Just give credit where credit's due. If it doesn't work for you that way, figure out what's wrong with it and then start tweaking. But I've done this for like literally every single metagame ever, so I don't think it's really changed in 17. What I want to say about team building is I have tried to become like a cool guy team builder for my entire childhood and now adult life. Yes. And what I've learned over the years is that I don't know anything about team building. I'm a bad team builder. So at some point, it's okay to ask your friends and say, do you guys have anything cool that you would like to pass on to me? And I think it's something that especially like lower or middle tier players, like I'm probably like a mid-tier player, need to accept more. It's like maybe you're not on the cutting edge of the meta. Maybe you don't know more than everybody else. And maybe you could just like shop around and see what you like and then maybe work with that. I think this like whole divine bolt of inspiration thing, like inspiration is for art and team building is for competition. And art and competition are not the same thing. They're pretty Unless close. you're in an art competition, at which point all bets are off. At which, at which point fair. art becomes competition, indeed. It feels a lot like essay writing to me, to be honest with you. I know. But I think the problem is I'm, like, like in my personal life, like, I'm a writer or something, so I, I want to think of it as kind of like writing. But what I've come to realize is that either I don't get Pokemon enough to do that, or Team Building is not like writing. So, one of those two. It's also, like, a time thing, right? I mean, some people just have time to sit down thing. and sort through all 721 Pokemon or what have you and figure out, right. okay, these Pokemon work best for this kind of thing that I'm going for. And, like, one of the hardest things I've had to accept over the years is that it's okay to not have time to do that. Like, there is nothing wrong with taking somebody else's team as a starting point. Just, again, don't totally. claim it's yours. Because that would be bad. Yep. Yeah. See, that, I'm I'm one of the people that always has to do that because I need to know exactly how everything works. So if anybody's seen how I build teams, I have spreadsheets with, like, oh, man. nine pages. And but you're really good like, at here's that, Here's the, though. like, top 30 Pokemon, and here's how they all lose. And here's the best offensive type. and Yeah, I, I need to make all these pieces fit into all these holes and not fall apart while doing so. But you're, so like, it's, it's a stylistic awesome thing. at that, though. Like, yeah, it, it just takes a while. You're definitely Snowflake, though, Sam. I think a lot of people, like... like I think your method's pretty unique. When you have the time, Sam, I think you make some really, really awesome teams. But yeah. you don't always, it seems. Yeah, the the last handful of years, I have not had enough time to do that much at all. Yeah, that's um, Which is why I ended up running the same team at, like, three different events last year. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I top-cut two of those events, so that, that was okay. It worked. Yep. Wall running was cool. So that was our last question. Uh, while we were in school was exactly what we wanted to finish the <laughs> podcast with. Yep. Oh, wait, I have one more thing. Wanna, I, I have one more thing I want to say about team building. Oh my god, Oliver! <laughs> Sorry, I, I know I've been talking the whole time, but uh, I think team building is easier when you have friends. I think you can't do it by yourself. Oh, definitely. Yes, make friends. Definitely make friends. Yeah. If, if like, you're like, at a college, current, what, start Pokemon club. If you start, if you're at a college, start a Pokemon club. Make friends at college. If make friends at tournaments. I met, ben at a I met Ben in turn, and I met Blake, yeah. and Blake was Ben's friend, and that became my first team-building group. So. Hang out with the opponents that you like. Exactly, yeah. Meet, hang out with your opponents. Your opponents are a good resource, actually. Yes, yes. especially if they beat you. Definitely. Especially if they beat you. Or if they almost beat you, and you're like, oh, God. 
oh wow, that guy was so good, and I got so lucky. Great opportunity. I feel like I, I feel like I say this all the time, but Blake and I we played Colin Hire when he was like a random at a tournament in 2013. We're like, oh, Colin, this Colin guy could be pretty good. So we started hanging out with him, and then and then you know, now he's Colin Hire. Not not that I'm responsible for that. He put in all the work. I, I'm so, responsible. So what I'm hearing is that the other <laughs> kidding, reason you guys became friends with Colin is because he knew he'd be third in the world someday. Yeah, we were actually That's prophets. Precisely correct. Yes. <laughs> Every last one of us. Um, we actually are all psychic. Uh, instead of normal. All so. right. Well, that's good to know. Nice. I'll, I'll keep that in mm-hmm. mind and possibly make some friends with people you befriend in the future. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a good call. Yep. All right. So anything else you guys want to go over or plug before we sign off? I think I've talked enough. Walrein is great. Uh, Walrein is great. Wal- Walrein is, is uh, about as good as Mammoth Swine, but maybe like a hair worse. <laughs> but not nearly as good as our boy Dugong. Dugong! Dugong! <laughs> Dugong has fake out, but it doesn't have super fang. Dugong! <laughs> Dugong! Okay, I'm done. My, my game is over. We, we are, we are complete. Right. Okay, Oliver, you've got a new Twitter account? Oh, I do. It's at Smith Pokemon, but it's PKMN. So but it's Smith, Smith Pokemon with uh, subtitled less offensive, more moderate tweets. Right, more so. I will, I might you know a, fewer personal insults, more uh, Sailor Moon posting. So yeah, that's kind of thing more you Finny, less Bulu. <laughs> exactly, more Finny, less Bulu. That, that is, is my goal for this Twitter account. We should have uh, zodiacs that are just more Kyogre, Kyogre less Groudon. More Kyogre, okay. less Groudon. That's that's the goal for this Twitter, so. I'm all Kyogre myself, so. I know, you're a Kyogre boy, so there you go. Yeah. I'm Sam. I've been Toller. I'm Oliver. <laughs> I'm Gabby. Yay! And we'll see you next time on the Lava League.